Uh, let's, let's begin reading in uh, verse 14, and I uh, invite you to stand with me as we, as we read this uh, good reflection of, um, of, uh, of our approach always to God's Word, to Scripture, uh, honoring it and, and treasuring it in uh, the, the action of standing um, is a good expression of that. First uh, Timothy 3.14, uh, Paul writes to Timothy, I, I hope, I hope to come to you soon, but I'm writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. Great, indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. To this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this. For by so doing, you will save both yourself 
and your hearers. God, we ask that you would bless this reading and a short time of considering what you inspired the Apostle Paul to write to Timothy and that you have preserved for 2,000 years for us today to read. And most importantly, that you've preserved this word to read us. We do pray that that would happen. We devote this time to you in Christ's name and for his glory. Amen. Um, I, uh, I would like to have some time uh, to look at these booklets uh, briefly with you. Uh, if, I, if, we, if, we, if we spend too much time in Scripture, probably not a good way to say that. If we spend all of our time in Scripture and don't get to this, um, talk to Jolt. He's got them with him. He's ready uh, at a moment's notice if, if I'm able to... Uh, to 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 look through this with you. This this is a booklet, uh, a description, uh, and a picture of each student that we've got. Uh, briefly explaining who they are, where they're serving. Uh, these men, Lord willing, uh, and as far as as far as it concerns them, they are intending to walk through this this training in the coming years with us. Uh, so hold on to this and use this as a, as a prayer guide. Uh, you've got a great picture uh, for, for each of these men that you can, you can put a face uh, with, with a description uh, and, and some, some particulars about how you can pray uh, individually for, for them. Uh, I, I would like to have time to, to look through these quickly with you. Um, but but I, I want to ground what the purpose is in, in, in Scripture. And this is a great text for, for doing that, this text in, in 1 Timothy, uh, this instruction from, from Paul. Uh, we started in chapter 3 uh, to, to catch... Um, the, the really important foundation for what Paul then says directly to Timothy. His concern very much is for Timothy and for, for, the, for the church uh, that they grow in the knowledge of, of, of the Lord, uh, that they have correct, sound doctrine, that they stay in, uh, that they stay in God's Word, but the last part of chapter 3 uh, really sets the foundation for that. And, and that's why I wanted to, to, to begin uh, with, with those verses and call those verses uh, to, to mind um, because we, we see what the church, what the church is. Uh, we see that it is a, it is a glorious display of the power of God through Jesus Christ to rescue sinful men and women, those whose 
who are helpless, who are hopeless, the hard-hearted, God's power to save them, to reform them, to remake them into the image of Christ. This work continues across time, across space, geography. Uh, it, It continues to gather momentum, to grow from that small seed, from that little pinch of leaven. And it continues to fill lands. It alters the course of history, empires, kingdoms, peoples, ebb and flow, balances of power shift and great nations rise and fall, but always, always Christ's church grows. It advances. We know that that is the Lord's work. It is marvelous in our eyes. It is the Lord's work to construct a living temple, and we are the stones living a magnificent house of the living God. And Paul is reflecting on that here. He's reflecting on these glorious truths as he's passing this in, these instructions to, to Timothy and he pauses here to confess the greatness of what he says is the mystery of godliness. A mystery in, the, in, in that biblical sense of something that had been hidden but now made clear. Now revealed, the now unfolded plan of God to save a people and to remake them into true image bearers. This is an amazing work of grace that only God can accomplish. And so the church is at the same time both the evidence of God's work and the herald of God's work. He says the church, the church rightly constituted, it's the pillar, the buttress of truth. And as we proclaim these truths, the truths that Paul says have been handed down to us and that we hand down to those who come after, truths that he, he's reciting here in a, in a poem, perhaps even, even an early hymn that was that was sung, these truths of the mystery of godliness, the gospel. He says that He, Christ, came in the flesh. He was resurrected by the Spirit. He was seen by angels. He was attended to by angels. He is now proclaimed among the nations in all the world but not just proclaimed among the nations. What does Paul say? Believed on in the world. And that he has been taken up into glory, now dwelling with the Father, and soon to return to take his people to be be with him. Uh, But this glorious advance of Christ's church in the world doesn't continue unopposed. And that's that's usually where we start. We pick up in chapter 4. But it's good to ground chapter 4 that, that is, is so uh, concerned with, with false teaching. There's a, there's a, a, a danger that we, might, 
that we might focus too much on that and not be reminded of the great truth that God is working here. And yes, it is incumbent upon us to be accurate in, in our, our instruction, in our teaching. Uh, but the, the, the accuracy uh, must, must never overshadow the splendor of God's work and His, and His work alone. But again, this growth of the church doesn't happen unopposed. And just as the Lord always does in His Word here, He, pro- he provides an accurate and a tempered reminder of the difficulties in this age. Yes, the church is advancing, it is growing, that's the Lord's work, but as it does so, the church and, and its shepherds have duties they must fulfill, obligations that they must, that they must, uh, that they must meet. And so, here, we're not surprised by struggle, but rather must see that we're equipped to endure and even shine in the midst of this struggle. And Paul says, verse 6, uh, verse 1 of chapter 4, that the Spirit expressly says, and Paul, Paul knew, uh, the, the Spirit had, had revealed this, that there will be, he says, uh, deceitful, demonic, distracting teaching, in these last days, we see that elsewhere in the New Testament. Uh, we see other letters uh, from other church leaders that, that say very similar things, that give similar instruction, teaching that sounds attractive, preaching that tickles our ears, instruction that appeals to our desire to, to earn uh, our salvation, to merit out of good works. Origin stories that exclude our Creator, philosophies uh, that position the self as the, as the arbiter of truth and beauty. There's great danger um, in teaching. There's great gravity in the charge to be a teacher. And that is... That was Paul's concern here with Timothy. That is our concern for ourselves. Uh, that is our concern for our brothers uh, in, in Tanzania. Um, Tanzania is not, uh, is not free from deception. Um, Tanzania uh, is, not, is not an idyllic place where the gospel advances unopposed. Um, Tanzania is no different than any other place in this world. The men and women who live there are no different uh, from any other man or woman anywhere else in the world uh, tempted by distracting uh, even uh, demonic teaching. Um, The church must live in this world. And indeed, the church must thrive in this world, not just get by, uh, but advance upon 
the gates of hell. It must rise above irreverent and silly myths, but the question should be, how do we do that? How, how can we? Uh, how can we defeat? How can we, uh, how can we argue against? How can we avoid silly myths that are so appealing to our fallen natures? How can we discern between the spirit of truth and the spirits of deceit? How can we unmask the teachings of demons that masquerade so skillfully as proponents of holiness? Well, let's consider briefly and we could spend much time uh, digging through this text, mining it for great treasure, but we'll, look, we'll see three things here in this text beginning in chapter 4 uh, that Paul points us to. How? How do we avoid this? How does Timothy avoid this? How does Timothy lead the, che- the, the church to avoid this? One, one, Paul writes that we have the words of the faith, the words of the faith and the good doctrine, the good teaching. We have Scripture. It's a great, unsurpassed gift. There's there's no greater gift, there's no greater set of instruction than what we have, what we've been given. We have the words of faith, all that we need for life, and for godliness, the standard of truth, of goodness, of beauty. It's the living and active Word of God that sees into our minds, our hearts, and our souls, and it does that for every person in every culture, regardless of who they are or where they are. It teaches the way of salvation. It convicts us of sin. It points us to Christ tells us of his work to save sinners and give life. We have the word. We have the standard. But, number two, we can be trained in it. We must be trained in it. It it can't just remain an external reality. It's got to be internalized. It's got to be followed, worked out, treasured, considered, digested. Timothy had been trained. That's what Paul says. Timothy, he can be so confident in this mission that that Timothy has because Timothy had been trained and he was equipped for this impossible task of fighting the unseen cosmic powers over the present darkness, and we, just as, just as he encourages Timothy, we must continue, continue in that way. Continue to be trained. Physical training, yes, it's good, it's important, it's helpful. But training for godliness is, is an eternal investment. Continue to be trained in this word for godliness. What we know shapes how we live and what we treasure guides what we do. 
Paul knows this. He's communicating this to Timothy and he's reminding Timothy in this very dire situation when demonic teaching is swirling about, deceptive instruction is so readily available. How do we combat that? We combat it with the Word and with training. Training in the Word. And three, we have pastor teachers who command and teach these things. Pastors who help train us in the Word. We have the Word. We must be trained in the Word. And the Lord provides pastors to do those things. To know the Word and to train us in it. Timothy, he had to be a good teacher. He had to be well equipped. He had to be well read. He had to be well acquainted with Scripture. But he also had to be a good follower. Not just know the information, but live it. Do it. Follow Scripture to be a doer of the Word and in that way an example to the flock of God that was among him. This is how we avoid deceitful teaching. Notice it's not a, it's not a quick fix. It's, 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 it's a venture that takes patience and effort and devotion and time, investment. But that is the way God has given to avoid deception, to avoid demonic influence, to avoid godless myths. We train and we follow shepherds who will keep a close watch on themselves and on the teaching. A close watch on themselves, how they live, and a close watch on the teaching, what they're communicating. And they persist in it. They keep going in it. When it's hard, when it takes time, when it requires sacrifice and great investment, they persist, they pursue, they keep a close watch. This is the way that God has given to keep us from, as we see in verses, uh, verse 1, to keep us from departing from the faith and to keep us persevering in salvation. The church and each of its outposts, each local church needs these shepherds needs these men who are trained in the words of the faith and the good doctrine. We find them, we grow them, we submit to them, we send them, we train them in God's Word and teach them to entrust this good doctrine, this good teaching to other men who will do likewise. The Lord has blessed us, has blessed uh, Ralph has blessed Chris, has blessed Mike, he's blessed me, 
with two incredible opportunities in our lifetimes. Opportunities that not every, not every man has, not even every pastor has. One, he's blessed each of us with time to spend under extensive Bible instruction from faithful men. That is a great, great gift and one that every day I grow older, I recognize is, is, is so incredibly great and precious. He's gifted us with that. But two, the Lord has also gifted us with the incredible opportunity to spend our time giving biblical instruction to faithful men. Very much exactly what Paul told Timothy. Entrust this to faithful men who can teach it. And the Lord has given us that incredible opportunity to do this for faithful men who cannot afford the time, perhaps, or the expense, perhaps, of formal education. But education that's incredibly essential for the health of the church. The, the Lord, the Lord has, has done and is, is doing great things in the nation and among the peoples in Tanzania. And we, we have, a, we have a, a terrific window into that through Ralph's testimony and the longevity that he has, the experience that he has to see and to tell us, to communicate to us, look, this, this is what the Lord has done here and has given Ralph the eyes to see, to recognize at this moment in time, the churches in Tanzania need faithful men who will devour God's Word and know God's Word and teach and preach God's Word and be able to entrust that teaching to faithful men. And that, uh, that is what, that's, that's the vision, that's the call. Um, that's, what we, that's what we are pursuing. It's the Lord's work. It's, it's not our schemes. It accords with the Lord's good purposes, not, not our plans. It's He who has established these connections between these men. Connections, you know, separated by, by thousands of miles and uh, cultural differences. But none of, none of that matters when it comes to Scripture. Scripture cuts through all of that. The Lord is training His shepherds. And He's using His teachers to do it. And we are incredibly blessed and greatly privileged and humbled that He's chosen us however much we're able according to God's purposes and His plan, to use us to be those teachers. And each of us gives joyfully and sacrificially because we know that Christ's church does not rest on any one man, 
or any group of men, but it rests on God's Word. And for the church to be fruitful, for the church to grow, uh, for the church to be mature, it must, it must grow in, in God's Word. Every pastor, teacher must know it thoroughly and live it obediently. And we give thanks to the Lord that there are men who know that and who have been praying for the opportunity according to the Lord's work, not in not anything that they can that they can that they can figure out how to do, but they've been praying for instruction and for training, training in God's word and in training in godliness so that they can be God's shepherd, not not uh, a fleecer of the flock. We're, we engage in this work here among our families, in our community, but we also engage in this work in Tanzania among our brothers who see the joy of following God's Word and know the necessity of knowing it. Great work has humble and low origins because it gives glory to God. We see this pattern over and over in Scripture. Lasting work is always done in faith because it's the Lord who gives the growth. Patient work is done with resolve because we know that the Lord gives the strength. And difficult work is always done in prayer because we know that the Lord does provide the means just at the right time. So church, this is, this is difficult work. And it needs prayer. Prayer always for provision. This is a patient work. It takes time. Ask the Lord for resolve. Teachers and students, ask the Lord for strength. This is a lasting work that will bring the gospel and gospel living to many, not just in Tanzania, but across the world. Pray for God's growth. And this is a humble work that's pursued by many fragile jars of clay. And we all give glory to God alone. Um, so this was the first course uh, out of ten. Ralph mentioned uh, that this, this first course, Bible study methods and interpretation, uh, these are designed to give pastors essential training so that they can be equipped to rightly handle the word of truth and obey it. And that's really important to rightly handle it, teach it, preach it accurately, but also obey it, live it, be an example. Those, those, there, scripture has no, there is no room in Scripture for a separation of those two, as if you could have a good teacher who's a lousy, obedient 
uh, servant. It has to be both of those, and that's, that's what this instruction does. This is for training for, for men uh, who don't have time or finance to go attend a formal training. This is, this is for men on the ground, in the moment, when, hey, there's 10 new believers over here. What are they going to do? How are they going to know how to live? How, who's going to lead them? I'll go. How do I know what to do? They need training. And that's, that's, that's what this is. Um, Jolt, if you, if you wouldn't mind um, passing this, the, these out, let's look real quickly through, through these, we, we don't need to spend a lot of time because you get to take them home. And you can, you can, and I pray the Lord would always keep this on your mind, that it would be very present uh, at, your, at your Bible study location, the place you, uh, you, you, you um, typically pray, uh, that, that this would be on hand and you would, you would know, you would know these men, at least what you can know. Uh, about them. While they're passing these around 10, this is structured around 10 courses. We've done the first one, Bible study methods and interpretation. The next is going to be an Old Testament survey, followed by a New Testament survey. Course four is preaching and teaching. Course five is a Bible doctrine survey. Course six is a course on personal spiritual disciplines. Uh, course 7 is a focus on church ministry. Course 8, a focus on teaching methods. 9, church history, a survey of church history. And the 10th course, um, one on uh, an emphasis on missions, evangelism, discipleship. This, this, is, <laughs> this is the essence of what Chris and I and Ralph uh, spent uh, two, three, four years of our life learning. Um, we, we endeavor to do this in, in its essence, what is, what is most vitally necessary uh, for these men quickly. Um, that's a daunting thing. It's a daunting task, uh, but one that we trust uh, the Lord will give us uh, wisdom, discretion, direction, time, strength uh, to, to pursue. Um, so let's look quickly. Um, I just want to point out uh, the, uh, the, the men in our, in our booklets. If you'll, so uh, hold it this way. I failed um, my 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 test this morning. Uh, I I tried to turn it like a book. Uh, hold it this way. Um, you've got a, a a good description here uh, of what what this is. Uweza wa Cristo Bible School, Power of Christ Bible School. Uh, open it up. Uh, first, we've you've got um, Doctor Mbega. Uh, Ernest, uh, he is um, he is a he's a servant of the Lord. Uh, he is incredibly gifted. He could be 
uh, if he so desired, uh, he could be a, a very noteworthy uh, and decorated man uh, in in the world. Uh, he's he's very humble, uh, and he sees himself foremost as Christ's servant wherever he is, and that does include. Um, the academic world. Uh, he, he travels, uh, he, he goes to, to Europe to attend conferences, uh, molecular biology. I mean, he's, he is incredibly intelligent and can very quickly lose you in, in conversation, um, but, but knows that and has a, has a great way of, uh, of expressing himself clearly uh, and, and humbly and, again, sees, sees the work that the Lord has given him primarily as, as Christ's servant. And uh, he's, he's uh, used his, his resources, his gifts, um, to, to strengthen the church. And he knows that the church must be strengthened in this, that the church cannot grow and it cannot, it cannot succeed if it doesn't stay rooted and, and grounded in, in Scripture. Uh, so, so pray for, for Dr. Mbega. Uh, you've got a good description there. Uh, Pastor Joven uh, works in uh, Morogoro, uh, a church called uh, Christ Point. It's in an um, in, in agricultural area of, of the city. Uh, very... Uh, very good man. I was I was I was able to attend his church uh, that Sunday. Uh, great servant, um, Pastor uh, Pastor Christopher. Um, he also went by Bartholomew uh, down here. Uh, he is um, he's living around uh, Morogoro in Kileka, um, in the, kind of up in, in the mountains. Uh, he's, he's a, these are all really great men, so every time I'm going to be tempted to say he's a really, really good, good man, and it would be true for everyone. Very, very dedicated. He, he is a, he's a tailor. Uh, he, he's leading that church with uh, flip over to Pastor Michael Siale. Uh, he also is at that same place. They serve. They serve together. Um, so be be praying uh, for for them. It is a it is a Muslim area, um, and one that they are uh, they're witnessing uh, to the Lord's work there. Emmanuel is is the next one. He was our he was our translator most of the time. Um, Ernest helped him a, a little bit, but he is—he's uh, really sharp. He's—he's uh, he's a younger guy. Um, He's—he is a leader in, in the church. Uh, it may be that in the next month or months or year that they—they uh, they go into two two worship times, and he's uh, Ernest is going to have him. In, in more of a, a consistent leadership role for that. Um, Pastor Nolas, Nolasti, 
very great servant, always, always quick to serve us, to do, to carry our bags, to get our, to move our chairs. Uh, just a, a really, really good uh, heart uh, for for serving. Uh, he he wants to to serve the Maasai uh, people. Uh, wants to wants to plant a church uh, among them and, and serve them. Um, Pastor uh, Prosper, uh, he uh, he's leading two churches separated by about two hundred kilometers. Uh, he is he's he's stretched. Uh, he's uh, he's he's very faithful. Um, yeah, pray for 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 him. Um, again, read read these descriptions. They're going to be uh, more full than what I'm what I'm giving. Uh, Pastor Jordan, uh, there uh, he is. Uh, he's got a great testimony. Um, he was a he was a, a Muslim, uh, but has been converted, and has uh, has stepped into pastor role, um, and wants to learn. He wants to know. He wants to know scripture. Uh, he wants to know uh, what what God has has said and instructed. Uh, again, pastor Pastor Michael works with Bartholomew uh, in in Kileka. Uh, Pastor Frank uh, is um, he uh, he's he works in construction. Um, he's a, he's a builder. He he has he's overseen the construction of of their building uh, where they're meeting for church. They're all they're they're continuing. It's an ongoing uh, project. Uh, Ernest said, you know, whenever we get enough money, we buy some supplies. Uh, Frank comes in. If he needs help, other men come in and help him, and they 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 get work done, and that's exactly what we did on that Saturday. Uh, we we needed to to pour some cement to keep the dust down uh, for for our teaching and for their for their worship services. So we we mixed uh, three uh, uh, three bags of of cement worth and and covered. Uh, a good part of the floor. Uh, that's what he does. His his work takes him as far as Zanzibar. Uh, he he travels in different areas in Tanzania, but in all of it, he sees himself first of all as as a missionary, uh, as one who's got an opportunity to go to these places to meet people and to tell them about Christ. Um, he. Uh, he he's a a, a very uh, very helpful servant um, for for many reasons for his heart but also for his for his hands. Um, Pastor Gabriel, uh, this is the this is the man that we met uh, and went to the the Barabai village uh, with him. That's where the Lord has uh, has has called him, and he's he's in the process of. Of making that transition, it's a long way from where he is now, or has been there in in Morogoro, uh, working uh, working with with Ernest. Um, but because he does so much service service for uh, for Ernest Ernest, um, he travels a lot. 
so he's he's on the road very very frequently, uh, but also like these other men does it um, joyfully and, and gratefully. Um, Pastor uh, Godlison uh, is is in uh, Morogoro right now. Um, also, one that uh, that has is probably going to be sent. Uh, and has a desire to to go where the Lord, uh, where the where the Lord sends him, uh, Pastor Godfrey uh, from from Tonga. Uh, that's kind of uh, northeast Tanzania along the coast, a very uh, heavily uh, Muslim area, traditional uh, Muslim uh, culture. Uh, the call, the Lord has called them there uh, to to pastor. And he knows that he needs uh, he needs training to do that well. Um, Pastor John, uh, there he's he's in Limba right now. Maybe uh, maybe on the move um, to uh, to Morogoro, uh, depending on uh, Ralph had the had the picture of that that church building that's that's for sale for a little over a thousand dollars. That may be. The next step for him, uh, but he, just like he, these other men, he desires to go where the Lord sends. Uh, and then the last one in the booklet, uh, Pastor Titus, uh, a young young man, young pastor, uh, recently married. Uh, he is, um, he's from uh, Mwanza, that's uh, close to Lake Victoria, uh, but he's uh, he's. Feels called to go to uh, to uh, an, another place outside of Morogoro and uh, and preach pastor there. So hold on to this booklet. Great pictures uh, that we have of, of each of the guys. You can put a face with their with their description and and pray for them. Uh, these these pastors have families. Um, they have jobs, usually subsistence farming. So for them, uh, and, and some of them even have multiple churches, so for them to be able to set aside two weeks uh, to, to gather together, uh, in some cases many kilometers, more than a day's journey away, to gather together for two weeks, setting all those responsibilities aside, Sleeping on mats on a concrete floor in open air, eating food cooked on an open fire, uh, is is an incredible commitment, um, and they did it with joy. Uh, they did it with strength and resolve, and uh, it was a great it, it was a great it was a great encouragement to us. Um, to to be there uh, with with them, they are committed to knowing and obeying God's word. So please continue to pray for them. Um, but also, I I trust that you will be encouraged by them uh, and and the example of of dedication that they are. The Lord's work is marvelous. Uh, we, we praise His power to save us, to reform us, 
Uh, we're humbled and honored by his decision to use us uh, to be his heralds, to proclaim the good news uh, of, of reconciliation, of, of reformation, the, the time to, to teach others, the ability to teach others to do the same. And once again, we ask that you'd pray for this work, that you'd pray for these men, and that you would prayerfully consider how the Lord desires to use you, to use your gifts uh, in this work that is difficult, that is patient, but that is lasting and work that is great. May the Lord be praised. And as, as we say in Tanzania, Mwana Asafiwe. Amen.